Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's not going to be deep enough. Oh, well, it looks like we're going into extra innings again, so we got that going for us. Yeah, I know. All right, well, I'm going to keep that on in the background so we can uh, – it'd be nice to get a walk-off win while we're talking about all the all the losses that we have to discuss from the last week. But, well, we're back. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on the current game as it goes, and we'll we'll start with – the second game from the Pirates series last week. And then we're going to talk about the third game of that series. Then we got the whole Reds series. And we have yesterday's Rays game and today's Rays game, um, which is now going into the 10th inning. So let's start with game two from the Pirates series last week. I will let you go first. Yeah, so that was definitely a clutch home run by Telez. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, stick with us. Where uh, me is going through difficulties with my. Yeah. Um, so, second game was the first game back for. Freddie Peralta, uh, he had three and a third, uh, four hits, two earned, two walks, three Ks. Uh, that's a that's a decent outing. I mean, he st- you could tell he started to get a little gassed, um, and people were starting to get some hard hits on him. His last batter actually hit a triple on him, and then Council pulled him. But he was still getting her up there to 96. Uh, I think he was just trying to get through four, maybe five, see what he can get out of him, but uh, got came in McGee gave up two home runs that sucked. Bush hasn't been very good since he came over. Uh, Suter gave up a run in his third of an inning. Rogers had one walk, one K. He pitched good, and obviously we know Williams. Uh, I believe this was the walk off game, if I remember correctly. But um, you know Wong Wong in an RBI. He's been on fire. Uh, for the last couple of weeks now, he was my player, power pair player last week. Uh, Adamas has four RBIs in this game. Telez had two RBIs. What was that? Um, Matt Bush. I, I mentioned Matt Bush. He pitched actually really, really well last night. And then Matt's got a comment here that I couldn't agree with more. It says needs to hold the Reyes scoreless and then hit a home run on the bottom of the tenth to keep What'd that you say, buddy? that streak of uh, winning five to three against. Um, Against the Rays alive, that is that is perfectly timed, and hopefully it works out that way. That would be the ideal. Um, yeah, just uh, letting Jake kind of figure out some technical difficulties. You can go ahead, buddy. Um, All right. So, 
Hopefully, let's see if Devin Williams is about to start the 10th inning. <clears throat> All right. So, Jake covered pretty much everything from that second game. Um, what's up, James? Um, Yelich did on the first pitch of the game, actually. Oh, Devin Williams. Got a third. Nice play. That was heads-up play. So, Devin Williams got a ground ball to Rowdy Tellez at first base. Rowdy turned, threw it to third base to Urias, and they got the lead runner tagged out. So I'll take the runner out of scoring position. That was a heads-up play by Rowdy. Um, Christian Yelich extended his hit streak on the first pitch of that game. Um, Willie Adamas used the opposite field on his two-run double. Like Jake said, Freddie Peralta looked pretty good. Um, it's a good thing that Harrison Bader is now out of the NL Central because O'Neill Cruz is in the NL Central, um, and he is taking the place of a Brewer killer. So we got that going for the Pirates, they have some nice young players, and so do the Reds, but we'll get to that. Um, looking at some players that could succeed or have the opportunity to succeed more in the second half of the season, um, Willie Adamas, Andrew McCutcheon, Tyrone Taylor, and the two catchers, um, and then Omar got put on the injured list. So looking at Victor Caratini is essentially the, the one, but um, all three of those guys, and then Omar and Victor Caratini combined for two hits each. Um, the Brewers scored seven runs in that game. It just came down to giving up more runs. Uh, the Brewers also used seven pitchers in that second game of that series. So that game just kind of got away from the Brewers. Um, nine left on base, six of them in scoring position. Um, so that's obviously opportunity left on the bases uh, for what could have been a better game. Going into the third game of that series, um, the Pirates scored their first run on a pass ball, their last run on a wild pitch. Um, that's just one of those things where the Brewers got to be better defensively as far as catching goes. Um, got him! What a throw! Wow. Devin Williams just got a swing and miss on his changeup, and then Caratini threw down to second, and they got the, the runner from first base trying to steal second. Wow. What a throw. Wow. Shut that down real quick. As I'm talking about the catchers needing to be better defensively, <laughs> Victor Caratini throws a dude out trying to steal second base. Um, so, Brandon Woodruff had a very good start. Six and a third innings. He did give up eight hits and three walks. I'd like to see both of those numbers lower, obviously. Um, only gave up two earned runs, only had three strikeouts. That's usually that's a pretty low number for him. He's usually a pretty big strikeout guy. Um, Brian Reynolds is an all-star. He hurt the Brewers two games in a row. Um, Key Brian Hayes made a great defensive plays uh, and defensive play in the top of the 10th inning uh, to keep the Brewers off the board. Tyrone Taylor smoked the ball right down the line, and Key Brian Hayes was just right there. All he had to do was step on the bag and throw it out. Um, Matt, as far as – I'm going to put this comment on here because his, his emotion behind the plate, the two strikeouts that Hobie Milner got, him and his big old nuts that Hobie Milner has to come in today in the was the top of the eighth inning with the bases loaded and one out and get two looking strikeouts, that's, that's huge stuff from Hobie Milner. That's – Hobie Milner is a baller, man. Um but the Pirates took advantage. It felt like of a distracted team for that three-game series. Um, and that's 
ultimately what it came down to. It felt like the Brewers were kind of just a distracted team. Corbin Burns said that they don't want to use the hater trade as an excuse because ultimately the way you look at it, the Brewers Achilles heel and their five losses since the break has been relief pitching. And Josh Hader hasn't pitched that well for the Padres yet. So there's not a guarantee that with, you know, with not making that trade, the Brewers don't still have that, that losing streak. Now, obviously going forward, Hader is a better player today than Ruiz and Gosser are today. So we need to wait on that trade to find out who wins it. Um, Devin Williams just got a strikeout to end the top of the 10th. So we're going to the bottom of the 10th. Um, but, you know, Corbin Burns, he said it. You know, you don't want to use um, the Josh Hader trade as an excuse for the losing streak. Um, and, you know, that's that's why we posted. On, I don't know if everybody that's watching saw the post or not, that we posted that the way that you respond to losing says a lot about your character. So if your response is after a loss to just say this team's not going anywhere or this whatever sucked or this guy sucks or fire clown soul or fire Stearns, whatever. If that's, that's your reaction to a loss versus we have another game tomorrow. We need to focus on winning that one. Um, yeah. His first appearance as a Padre, he held a tie game, um, but then he gave up. I think he was, I think he had a three run lead um, Monday night and, and blew that save. So he's still at 20, 29 saves and Taylor Rogers is still at 28 and he hasn't pitched in three days. Um, so, you know, how you how you respond to losses, it says a lot about your character. So if, if your mm-hmm. response to a loss is thinking like, hey, we have another game tomorrow, we need to win that one. That's that's the more, you know, it's the more mature approach. I understand frustration. Like, I get it. I get frustrated, too, when the Brewers lose, especially when they lose to the Pirates and the Reds, you know, teams that they should beat. It's also baseball, which is the longest season by far. Um yeah, Machado. That that dude. There's another underachiever. If there is one this year, is Manny Machado. Um, but Jake, did you did you have anything you wanted to throw out from the third game of that Pirate series? Um, no, I think you covered everything, buddy. How's my mic sounding? A little better? Right. No. Better for now. We'll see if the if there's a time difference on the on the relay. Um, so let's go to, uh, the first game of the Reds series. Okay. Ah, this was a fun one. Ah, because they won this one, first of all. So that's nice. Always good. Uh, lower pitch, lower pitch, phenomenal. Uh, seven innings, six hits, uh, one earned run, three walks is eh, uh, four Ks is pretty good. Uh, Trevor Gott pitched pretty good in this game. No earned runs. Williams, uh, two-thirds of an inning, looked really good. Uh, Taylor crushed a three-run homer in this game that uh, pretty much ended this game. Uh, Telez also hit a home run. But the thing that I was looking at this week was all the, you know, with the losses, uh, you try to break down and you try to look at it a different way instead of just being pessimistic. You know, that's something that we're trying to get away from. The runners left on base is something that was really big this week, so. Uh, tried to get rid of the runners left on base, but which they did leave ten on on this day. They still won. Yeah, they yeah left. I got nine left on base. Um, I don't know if that includes 
Um, I think there was one double play in that game, so I don't know if that counts. But the Brewers in the first game of that series were one for ten with runners in scoring position. Um, all five runs that they scored were all on the home run ball. Um, Rowdy gave the Brewers an early 2-0 lead, and then Tyrone Taylor kind of put, like, the whole last month of his frustration into one ball. Um, Sal, the Brewers are going into the bottom of the 10th, so we're hoping they won or will win, but we will keep you posted on that. Um, intentionally walked Yelich. Yeah, that never works. That, that never works. So that might be the, the nail on the coffin, Matt. Um, <clears throat> so like Jake said, Eric Lauer had a great outing. Trevor Gott had an inning in the third scoreless. Devin Williams got a two strikeout save. Um, Yelich made a really nice sliding catch near Willie Adamas. Um, the two of them were smiling at each other and, um, having some fun. Rowdy Telez got a stolen base in this game. Yeah. And he was, he was excited. He was at second base like this, that stolen base. And then the catch that Yelich made sliding in next to Willie Adonis, like it really showed that the team is still capable of having fun. So I've seen, you know, after like Devin Williams, you could tell was pretty dejected after the hater trade. Cause that's one of his friends. He, you know, he's, he's bouncing back. He pitched obviously really well today. Um, and it seemed like a lot of people on social media specifically, um, all send them, send them, move your ass Tyrone. And that's game. Now the Brewers won. Sweet. Matt, they won't ever learn. They will not learn. Well, Matt said right here, intentionally walked Yelich. When will they ever learn? They won't. Willie Adamas just had a walk-off single. The Brewers only won 4-3 to three today. Dang it. They couldn't keep the 5-3 streak alive. Once they once they walked Yelich, they ruined the 5-3 streak. Um, the, Brewers, <laughs> the Brewers have played the Rays four times this year. Up until today, they had won every single game 5-3. to three. So when the Brewers went down three to two, I'm like, "Oh, they got them right where they want them," and they ended up winning <laughs> four to three. So, <laughs> so um, but anyways, back to this this Reds series. Um, let's go to let's go to the second game of that series. Oh God, I hated this game. Uh, this game was nationally televised. If you didn't know, it was on Fox. Um, Ashby, four and a third, three hits, four earned runs, five walks. Um, yep. Walks right. never walks help. Close. And when you get to a number of five, God, that's – you're asking for trouble, basically. You're basically asking them to score runs because those yeah. free those free passes, they always come back and get you, right? Uh, I will say, even though Milner gave up a run, I still thought he looked okay. Uh, McGee, uh, not a fan, not going to lie. Not a fan. Well, he was gone uh, after this game, so. I know. Uh, not a fan. He, I don't think he was very good. Um, and Suter gave us two innings, but all the pitchers gave up at least one run. Uh, McCutcheon had two RBIs, a home run, obviously. Um, Adamas. Adamas is a great run producer for a shortstop. I'll say that. Dude, the greatest I, got, average. I got something but for you on that. He's a great run producer. Uh, Hira yep. <laughs> with it just comes right up, just whacks a homer. That's all he does, dude. It's, I, it's so good to see him hit a home run against a left-handed pitcher. Yeah, that too. Oh my god, love that guy. Now we'll go Rockies. Yeah, I agree. Hey, we we get the we get the Bro, Cardinals this weekend. Matt, did you? I don't. Matt, I don't know if you follow umpire scorecards. So 
the the Rockies last night scored 12 runs in the first three innings of the Cardinals-Rockies game last night. They scored nine in the third inning of that game. They ended up winning like 12-3, to three, I think the final score was. The umpire's scorecard was plus one point something runs for St. Louis. It's like they tried to like they tried to rig it for St. Louis and they still got pounded. Um yeah, Matt, he was I think mean, I think he was the Giants closer. I don't remember if it might have been last year. It was either last year or the year before. Um when we first picked him up, I mentioned that it sounded it felt kind of like the the Hunter Strickland pickup last year. Um that's what Jake McGee felt like for the Brewers. That, that felt like that kind of similar. You pick up a guy who's been struggling on another team, you bring him in, maybe the change of scenery works out. Um, and it worked out really well for Hunter Strickland. He ended up being a really reliable guy. Um, it just didn't work out with Jake McGee. Um, yeah, the umpires can't hide that one. It was bad. Um, if you look at the one last night, actually, Hayter got some pretty favorable calls in that scorecard too. Um, but like Jake said, Ashby, Aaron Ashby is a good example of why wins shouldn't be a track stat for pitchers. Like his last outing, he had seven innings pitched and gave up two runs and took a loss. Like he had like the best start of his career and got a loss because the Brewers didn't score runs. So it's whatever. But once that goes away, which it should go away eventually for pitchers and quarterbacks, then I'll be happy. Um, and yeah, Strickland did help the, uh, help the Reds beat us, but it was good to see, like I said, good to see Keston Hira hit a home run off of a left-handed pitcher. Um, Willie Adamas, the first inning, you get the first inning and you already get an Angel Hernandez special, a ball like three inches off the inside of the plate gets called for a strike. <sighs> I don't know how that dude's still employed. Yeah. I honestly don't. I don't even want to um, know what I'm dude. They're so inconsistent on the inside. Dude. It's ridiculous. Oh my god! And then, and then the stolen base that Yelich had too. He literally kept yeah. his feet on the base on both sides of the base. Call him out on the field, which I don't think should have been the case. And then to go and review it and to still call him out. Oh man, that sucks. All right, so I'm fine with the call later in the game to send Caratini. Um, yeah, L- losing your mind. Yeah, that's definitely that, – that's what an Angel Hernandez called game feels like. Um, Victor Caratini was sent on a, it was a single. I think it was a yellowish single. Um, Caratini came around. He was out by probably three or four steps at the plate. I'm fine with that send. When we've talked about improving the offense multiple times this year, and we'll probably talk about it more um, – one of the things that I mentioned was trying to be more aggressive on the bases because it's hard enough for the Brewers to get guys on base, much less trying to get more guys on base all at the same time. So I was fine with sending Caratini there. That's a, that's a trying to win a game move. I'm fine with that. Um, Christian Yelich had three hits. Andrew McCutcheon had a walk or a hit and two walks. Um, and Hunter run for also drew two walks. So had guys on base, just didn't get them in. Um, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, what's up, Tyler? Um, the Cubs. I honestly have not paid any attention to the Cubs, like, at all, because I've, I've been focused on the Brewers and, the obviously, the Cardinals um, to know how they've been doing lately. So, just straight up being honest. Um, 
we can go to the third game of that Brewers Reds series. Why don't you start us off? I want to hear what you got. Now I'll, I'll clean up you. All right. Well, if Christopher is watching, he'll he'll enjoy this one. Um, <laughs> playing well for anime. Hey. Um, so Corbin Burns pitched six innings, nine strikeouts, one earned run, two hits, two walks. I'll take that all day. Um, Ashcraft is actually a pretty good young starter for the Reds. He's actually going to be, he looks like he's going to be pretty good. So the stat that I have is Willie Adamas is now seven home runs short of Robin Young's shortstop home run record for the Brewers. Willie Adamas needs seven more home runs to tie Robin Young's Brewers shortstop home run record. Seven. Interesting. I don't know how many J.J. Hardy ever had, but 27 is um, is the number for Robin Young. So Willie's creeping up on it. Um, Kesson Hira hit another home run. Hopefully that's good for his confidence. If Kesson Hira could come up and start providing a bunch of offense, that would be a big boost. So, you know, we talked a lot about it last week about the Brewers not trading for a bat. Kesson Hira picking it up could be a big part of that. Um, if we could get 20, what, 2019 Kesson Hira back, that would be awesome. The one that hit 18 home runs in half of a season. Um, the other thing with this game. So we get to, um, you mentioned Matt Bush before too. Um, yeah, Hater didn't get the chance to come the all-time saves later. He, it would have happened the second half of this season. Um, so Matt Bush got a scoreless inning. We get to the bottom of the 10th inning. Oh, no, top of the 10th inning. And, oh, no, I'm, I'm so confused on innings. The bottom of the ninth inning, that's the one. And uh, Luis Arias gets on base, and they put in um, Jonathan Davis to pinch run for them, for him, not for them. Luis Arias is one person. <laughs> um, so they put in Davis, okay, to pinch run for Luis Arias. That's a that's a trying to win now move because if he scores, the game is over. You don't have to worry about the defensive substitution. The defensive substitution yep. ends up hurting because Brasso comes in cold and makes an error that eventually allows the Reds to get two runs to win. So Devin Williams gets a loss despite not giving up an earned run, which is just another reason why losses should not be a tracked pitcher stat. They just shouldn't. I agree. Um, so Brad Boxberger, top of the ninth inning, gets the bases loaded with one out, gets a strikeout and a flyout. Um, other than that, I mean, the Brewers only have five hits, only nine base runners total, 0 for 6 of the runners in the scoring position. Um, just a, felt like a game where the Brewers just needed to be better. Um, it was kind of a sloppy game, a sloppy game, and just one where it felt like the Brewers didn't play up to their potential and had a chance to win still in the bottom of the ninth inning, and it just didn't come around for them. Um, what do you got from the third game of that series? Yeah, I uh, I agree with your statement about how they were a little sloppy and they could have been better. Uh, the defense, the uh, runners in scoring position. Um, Getting on base even. I don't know how I feel. God, that throw from Brasso just took – you know, after after watching them lose so many close games and, and, and they were mm-hmm. actually scoring runs in some of their losses too. So it wasn't like it was just yep. the offense's fault all week, you know. Yep. That throw where they got the air and allowed them to score a couple of runs, it was kind of like, are you fucking kidding me right now? That That's that's <laughs> the feeling I had, you know? 
Yeah. And I was just watching it. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Everything that could go wrong this week is going wrong. And it just, it sucks. But that's baseball. And the best part about baseball is that it is so long. You know, it's the best and worst part, right? So yeah. now they have, you know, 50 some odd games to redeem themselves. Who says they don't just go into St. Louis this week and sweep them, right? Nobody knows what's going to happen. So uh, th- this loss to the rest sucked. Uh, obviously, like you always say, we have hindsight. So we know that we got the next two wins, no matter what. And yeah. we're putting ourselves in a position to still compete. So uh, I got nothing else. By the way, I did look up J.J. Hardy. Um, his career high with the Brewers was 26. His career high overall oh. was 30 when he went to Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah. All right. So that uh, that record is there for Willie Thomas yeah. to go get it. Um, and Brasso played a fine third base today. It's just coming in cold in the tenth inning, you know, not not being ready to be a defensive substitution. You know, the, if the Brewers can score a run in the bottom of the ninth inning, it doesn't matter. It doesn't happen. The Brewers win three to two instead of losing four to two. So, before we get to the Rays, I want to to pose a question to people watching. It doesn't have to be a Brewers thing. It doesn't have to be a Wisconsin thing. This is something that could apply to to anybody. So I want to ask the question, what type of fan do you want to be? Now, Jake and I have pondered this question to ourselves as we've kind of continued to form the identity of this show. And we've we've adopted the optimistic positivity mindset. And we we hope to not not gonna say eradicate, because we're not trying to control people, we're not trying to force people. To, to adopt the same mindset that we are. We're trying to encourage that. But I just want to ask the question, would you rather be an optimist or a pessimist and then, you know, the team falling short of what the hopes and expectations were or the team succeeding of what the hopes and expectation were? So there's four intersections here between optimist, pessimist, the team succeeding, and the team falling short. So would you rather be the optimist that when the team falls short, you're the type of person, like I mentioned, Corbin Burns, who says we need to focus on tomorrow and we need to get the next one. So you could be the, the quote unquote, the get them next time person when your team doesn't succeed, you know, whether, whether it's a single game or whether it's the, the entire season, or you could be the optimistic person that when the team succeeds, you get to say, I knew they could do it. That to me is is the the ultimate feeling when your optimism meets up with success. That's that's the best possible feeling you could have is to say, I think the Brewers are going to win the World Series this year, and they do. And I think the Packers are going to win the World Series this year or the Super Bowl this year, and they do. And I think the the Bucks could win the NBA Finals this year, and they do. Like that's that's the best case scenario where you get the emotional fulfillment that you're looking for from your favorite teams. Now, on the pessimistic mindset, where your team falls short and you you get to be the type of person who gets to say, I told you this team wasn't going anywhere, like, what what does that really do for you? Does that benefit you in any way? Like, cool, you were right, the team still lost? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a really weird consolation prize for, for people that, after, you know, a, a losing streak like the Brewers had, to, to get to the point where they're saying this team's not going anywhere or Adonacio needs to sell the team or fire David Stearns, who's actually been a great president of baseball operations. 
Uh-huh. Or you can be the pessimist that when the team succeeds, you can say stuff like, you know, the team, um, hey, A-Rod could hit home runs. It's just a different A-Rod. <laughs> you know, yeah. you could be the pessimist that when the team succeeds, you can be like, oh, they proved me wrong, I guess. I didn't want to set myself up for disappointment. Like, either one of those those mindsets when it comes to pessimism, it just, it just doesn't serve you as a person is ultimately what Jake and I are trying to convey. Go past go past sports fandom for just a second on it. That that pessimism whether the team succeeds or not, neither one of those things serve a possible emotionally fulfilling outcome for you. Whether the team succeeds or not. If you're if you have an optimistic mindset, sure it might it might be hard, especially if the team doesn't succeed or if, you know, if the Brewers were to become a wild card team and lose a one game wild card, obviously that would suck. That would still, you know, that would still be bummed. You know, it'd be frustrating, but with us being a Wisconsin show, you know, we're into October when that happens, we can turn our attention to the Packers and the Badgers. The Brewers will come around in spring again We'll be excited in February when we do our Brewers Primer, like we always do. And we'll get them next time. That's what David Stearns has done for the Brewers, is he's made the Brewers a consistent playoff threat. Not the 2008-2011, and then have to wait until 2018 to make the playoffs again. So that's my thought there. But when you get to, if you can meet at the point where your optimism and the success meet, that serves you such a better emotional value than either one of the pessimistic outcomes or the optimistic team falling short outcome. So that's that's where Jake and I are really trying to push this um, this optimism thing is that we we hope it can carry over into people's lives and not just with Wisconsin sports teams. All right, now that I've said 10,000 words in the last three minutes, we can talk about the Rays series, starting starting with yesterday. All right, uh, Peralta pitched his second game of the series, <clears throat> and he looked he looked better in this outing, looked stronger. He went five innings, uh, two hits, two earned runs, zero walks. You know, that's that's really important, and the 4Ks. Uh, Trevor got no earned runs. He he does his thing. Uh, Hobie Milner, stud. I don't care what anybody says. Brad Boxberger. I call him Brad Big Balls Boxberger because that guy just puts himself <laughs> in some really shitty situations. And he just gets out of it. He It's like he does that on purpose. That's how I feel. <laughs> like, okay, I can pitch now. It's like when you're playing Madden and you put yourself down five touchdowns because you're like, I'm bored and I want to challenge. It's like I feel like Boxberger challenges himself. Um, Bush looked good yesterday, like you said. Dude, um, he looked fucking awesome yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's settling in. I don't know. Maybe it just took him a little bit to settle in. Um, but, you know, McCutcheon had a two-out RBI. Wong, two-out RBI. No home runs yesterday. So the Brewers scoring runs without home runs. I don't know why, but I always watch that because I feel like they only score with home runs. Um, I like Taylor, it when they get the games where it's like nine. Taylor's been a little bit better this week. Um, 
where they get like nine runs scored and it's like four of them come off of home runs and five of them come off a of small mm-hmm. ball. Those are like my favorite games. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Taylor had a really nice catch yesterday too. Should talk yeah, about that. Dude, Tyrone Taylor, he um, he was asked after the game if he felt like he had a bit, little bit of Lorenzo Cain in that one. Um, Matt said he feels like sometimes losing can exacerbate other issues in people's lives because they put too much stock into their team winning to make them feel better. Uh, and, like, we've all had that. Like, we all – it happens after Packer games because there's only 17 of them yep. a year. There used to only be 16 a year. But after Packer games where it's like, you know, the rest of Sunday if the Brewers – the Brewers – uh, the rest of Sunday, if the Packers lose, you know, it's like like the rest of Sunday just feels like a bummer. Or if they win, it's like, yeah, let's do stuff. You got energy and stuff like that. Um, baseball, it's harder because there's literally 10 times as many games. Um, it just comes down to, to not riding that roller coaster too high, too low. And that's where, hopefully, if you watch our show and the Packers lose, which hopefully they never do, hopefully they go 17-0, sweep the playoffs and win a Super Bowl, we don't ever have to talk about them losing. <laughs> that said, if they lose and you come watch our show, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the areas they can improve. We'll talk about what they, you know, what they did that didn't you know, necessarily work well that can be done better. And we'll focus on the next game. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to we're not going to sit here and say we should have traded Rodgers to the Broncos or you know, we should cut Bakhtiari. Like that still still doesn't make any sense to me, but people say it. Um so we'll we'll have that more positive outlook regardless of winning or losing. We we haven't had to deal with a rebuild yet for the three teams that we pay attention to as far as professional teams are concerned. Um college is always rebuilding so it's kind of a weird situation but as far as pro teams we haven't had to deal with a real rebuild yet so we haven't had to deal with a team that's under 500 and you know not going to make the playoffs for a couple years but when we get to that point our message is still going to be the same we still have these positive takeaways like this this and this are still a positive takeaway this is how they can improve this this and this that didn't go well that's not going to change when our teams aren't making playoffs like all three of them are. I do have something to say about the Packers, though, real quick. Go ahead. I'm at a point seeing so many Packers fans kind of sell, uh, you know, want to get rid of Rodgers, want to get rid of this player, get rid of this player. And this is why I agree with other fans when they say that we are spoiled babies. And I don't want to, like, self-sabotage myself because I love the Packers, like, I will literally skip your birthday party. I do not care if the Packers are on. I will skip Christmas. I'm sorry. The Packers are on the television. I mean, I barely paid attention at Christmas last year on my mom's because the Packers were playing the Browns. That was an ugly game. I kind of want the Packers to suck when Rodgers leaves. Because then maybe people would understand that this shit is a lot harder and they would appreciate Aaron Rodgers more. That's all I'm going to say. But I don't want them to suck. But I do just so those people can put their damn foot in their mouth once in a while, you know? I, you know, I would be fine. Let's let's just say, let's say the Packers, like the first year that Aaron Rodgers started, let's say the Packers win six games. And I already know, I already know that Jordan Love will be in the crosshairs. Uh, Jordan Love will be in the crosshairs no matter 
what happens that first season. Jordan Love was never Aaron Rodgers. We should have tried to keep Aaron Rodgers from retiring. It's always going to be the next thing when it comes to pessimistic fans. It's always going to be the next thing is the reason why the team didn't get it done. It's never respect to respect to the 49ers for, for shutting down the Packers offense after the first two possessions of a game. Or credit to credit to the Pirates for their young players stepping up and playing really well in that three-game series. Jake and I want to do that where you can come watch this show as a rival fan and still respect our opinion when the show is over. Like, that's that's how we want to carry ourselves. We want to have rival fans that respect our opinions, even if we're saying things of here's how the Brewers can win, here's how the Packers can win, here's how the Bucks can win, even if they're underdogs in those games, even if they're in a rebuild. If we're in a, a Jordan Love is the starting quarterback situation, the Packers start like one and four, and they're playing the Buccaneers in Tom Brady's age 50 season, and the Buccaneers are 5-0 and to start that year, we're still going to talk about how the Packers can win. So that's how it's always going to be. Um, Matt said he's been riding the roller coaster high and low, not as extreme as some radical groups, though. Dude, there's some people that have shown their, their true colors in groups lately, um, and it, I'm, this, this hurts me to say it, but it's made me a little – a little ashamed to be a Wisconsin sports fan on some of it, honestly. Um, but I'm glad to hear that it's helping it, you know, it's that it's helping people. That's, that's honestly like the best feeling that we could have ever expected from doing this show. We had started off doing it for fun and now we're doing it because it's yeah. fun and we're hoping to help people, which is cool. Um, the, Brewers fans dealing with the Josh Hader trade, everybody dealing with it in their own way, and David Bakhtiari starting training camp on the pup list, really, really disappointing, honestly, seeing the way that people reacted to those two things. Um, it showed that Jake and I have a lot of work to do, <laughs> honestly. Um, it... It did. It really, it really bummed me out seeing the way that people were reacting to Bakhtiari to say cut him or he's injury prone or he's washed up. It's like, how can any of those things be possible from one injury that he had a setback on? Like, I don't understand how that makes him injury prone. It's not like he's had an ankle sprain and then an ACL injury and then elbow surgery and then a shoulder issue and then reoccurring concussions and bruised ribs and an oblique strain. It's like, that's an injury prone player. Having one injury that cost you a playoff game, a season, and then a playoff game doesn't make you injury prone when all of that stemmed from one injury. doesn't make him washed up either just because he's missed some time. But I can't wrap my head around that. And then the fact that fans can't just rally around him and say, we're hoping for him to get better. It's more like, oh, he should, you know, he's fine to be chugging beer, but he can't play football. It's like, why are people like this? But like I said, it really just highlights that Jake and I have work to do. It's because they only see the dollar sign, Tyler. They don't see the man. They see the dollar sign. And that's, and that's the shitty truth. That's one of the things, too, is like we – Jake and I hope to convey to people – like people know this, but they need to be reminded of it, it feels like, that athletes are people. 
Okay. So I'm going to go to the first game of the Rays series. Um, like Jake said, Freddie Peralta got his second start since coming back from the injured list. Um, at a 1-2-3 first inning, um, Tyrone Taylor was an early star of this game. He had the home run robbery and an RBI single. Um, Andrew McCutcheon had a two-RBI hit. Uh, Colton Wong had a two-RBI double. Um, using the opposite field, which is one of the things that I suggested for improving the offense, I'm glad that that's been happening, and I can actually like pat myself on the back for um, for suggesting something, and it actually worked out. Um, Matt, yes, Bakhtiari does deserve a lot more respect than what he gets. Um, he's been so good for so long, and then for, for fans to abandon him after an injury, it – it's disheartening. It it sucks. I hate seeing it. Um, so, Freddie Peralta did pitch five innings, two hits, four strikeouts, zero walks. Like Jake said, that's a big thing to see, zero walks. Um, that's something a lot of brewers have struggled with this year. Um, Ashby and Devin Williams being the probably the main two. Um, gave up two earned runs. You know, that's a quality start is five innings and, and two earned runs or less. Um, the Brewers yeah. had at least one base runner in each of the first six innings, which is encouraging to see. Um, Trevor Gott pitched a scoreless inning. The Brewers were four for ten with runners in scoring position through the first seven innings. Uh, that's about all. That's better than you could ask for. Honestly, that's a 400 batting average with runners in scoring position. I'll take that. Um, Luis Urias in the eighth inning drew a, an eight pitch at bat. I think he struck out, but still battling in at bats. Um, that was another thing I called for with two strikes is trying to foul off pitches and not just try to watch the ones that are on the edges. Um, cause that seemed to get the Brewers called out on strikes a lot. Uh, Brad Boxberger, seventh inning, uh, or seven pitch top of the eighth inning at a one, two, three, eighth inning. Um, and then Matt Bush. So dude, he came in ninth inning, throws like a 98 mile an hour fastball for a swing and a miss. A 93-mile-an-hour fastball, like right on the hands for another swing and miss, and then threw like a 81-mile-an-hour breaking ball and pulled the string. It was a beautiful three-pitch strikeout to start off the ninth inning. So nasty. And then the last pitch that he threw to get the last strikeout to get to uh, end the game, just another nasty pitch that just and dove straight down. Um, when the Brewers traded for Matt Bush, David Stern says that he has electric stuff. And I feel like we finally got to see that for the first time last night is the electric stuff that mm-hmm. uh, David Stearns was talking about when the Brewers traded for him. Um, it was interesting to see Matt Bush get the call for the ninth inning because that's only his third save since 2017. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so David Stearns said that they didn't want to use Taylor Rogers. Because he's been dealing with some knee pain, so he got a cortisone shot. He could have been available today if they needed him, um, but Brewers have an off day tomorrow, and then they start a series with the Cardinals on Friday, so they're probably, you know, Friday if they need him, he should be good to go for that. Uh, they didn't want to use Devin Williams just because they've been using him so much lately. Um, so that was why Devin Williams didn't pitch last night. That's why Matt Bush ultimately got the uh, the ninth inning last night. So, um up until last night, the Brewers had won three for three games against the Reds, all five to three. Um, that changed today, so I don't know how much of today's game you got to watch, but what did you see from today's game? Um, I didn't get to watch the entire game. I was trying to work on this laptop, which is still being a piece of shit. 
what I did see was Brandon Woodruff be Brandon Woodruff. He gave us seven innings. Uh, can't ask for more than that. Uh, four hits, three earned runs, five Ks. He did give up two home runs. Ultimately, one of them was to a Rose Arena. I mean, I don't know. I don't feel bad if he hits a home run against me. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, Boxberger, third of an inning, no earned runs. Holby Milner, fan favorite. Dude, he's turned into we the could, We could call him Holby Milner, like Holby Big Balls Milner, because that dude, dude he's, he's a such a he's baller. Oh, God. Uh, Trevor Cott, one inning pitched, uh, looked good. And yep. obviously, Devin Williams got used today, got, got one strikeout. Uh, the team in total had eight strikeouts. Uh, Tolles hit another home run today. Adamas, yeah, here was nice. and Brousseau also added RBIs. So it's nice to see multiple efforts, you know, multiple people just uh, mm. adding to the run support. I know they only scored four, so don't overreact to what I'm saying. But it is nice to see multiple people getting RBIs. You know, that's yeah. that's the that's what a good team does. Um, McCutcheon with another double. That's his 21st double of the year. So pretty good numbers from McCutcheon, actually. Um, I didn't know what to expect when we brought him over, but he's looked pretty solid to me. Um, pretty much everybody got a hit today except Carantini, Taylor, and Urias. Oh, Yelich went over four as well. But uh, everybody else pretty much got a hit. Um, good game. I mean, we own the American League. So if they could somehow make it out of the National League, make it into the World Series, I'll feel pretty damn good. <laughs> They're 13 and four against the American League now. That's nuts. I, I, I'm gonna wait until they play the Yankees. If if we go to three from the Yankees, I feel so damn good. <laughs> yeah, Matt said Matt Matt agreed with you. Having multiple people contribute is a good sign, regardless of the score. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely true. And you can flip that around on the defensive side of the ball too. Um, and the, yes, the Rays. I call the Rays the Brewers of the AL. That's that's what I refer to them to because it feels like these teams are really similar. Yeah. Um, but looking at the defensive side of the ball, so Brasso, despite the error that he committed against the Reds, played some solid defense today. Luis Urias was playing second base today. He had some nice throws. Willie Adamas made some really nice throws. All that being said, Keston Hira played some very good first base today. He made multiple like inning-saving picks at first base and keeping his foot on the bag. Uh, so I want to give Keston Hira some credit for that because that's a new position for him to learn and for being up and down and up and down for him to, to come in and actually give some contrib- uh, contributions on offense. And then today to give some contributions on defense, that's, that's power pair material right there from Keston Hira for him to hit two. That's gold Glover Keston here out of you. <laughs> um, that's, that would be a, a, tough hype train to get people on the Keston Hira gold glove hype train. That one, there might be some empty cars on that one, but, but he can have the gold glove for today. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted, (laughs) that's all we would need. We'd only need like six seats. Um, (laughs) But but I wanted to make sure that I hammered that home to give credit to Keston Hira for playing good defense today. And the other thing I wanted to give credit to, yeah, cheap seats. You could probably ride that one for free. Um, <laughs> um, you us, Matt. <laughs> Colby Milner was the other thing I wanted to give credit to because he came in in the eighth inning with the bases loaded and one out. 
and he got two strikeouts, both looking. Just nasty, threw a 90-mile-an-hour slider to get the first guy, and then he threw a, like a 79-mile-an-hour curveball to catch the corner on the second guy. Like, I'm hoping Hobie Miller comes in. I'm like, I'm hoping he gets a ground ball, double play. He comes in and he gets a strikeout. I'm like, sweet. I'm like, all right, now a ground ball, and all we, you know, we get a force out. And then he gets another strikeout. It's like, damn, Hobie Milner is a baller. Corbin Burns is rubbing off on him. Dude, it's – that was so nuts. He came in and got two strikeouts with the bases loaded. Oh, that was awesome. But like I said, the Brewers up until this point – um, had won every game against the Rays five to three, and you know what? Like I said, like I said before, I'm like when the Brewers gave up that third run, I'm like, all right, the Brewers got them right where they want them, and ended up winning four to three. Um, if let's just say Christian Yelich hadn't been intentionally walked, which like Matt said, they still haven't learned from. Um, Yelich could have hit a two run home run, and that would have been a five three victory. Um, Jake, are you looking up Matt's question? Yes. Okay. Trying to. All right, I will let you do that then. Uh, Matt asked, how long do we have Hobie Milner for? Um, I think last year might have been his first year of service time, if I'm not mistaken. So we might have it until 2024. So that's what I'm going to guess. Um, show me his damn contract, people. If I find it before you, you're fired. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I type in Holby Milner, and the first thing on the drop down is Colby Milner wife. Why are we looking at people's wives, man? Uh, he's in his first year of arbitration. Colby <laughs> Milner. Right, 2024. Nailed it. You're fired. <laughs> yep. This is all I got. Doesn't even show his extended. His extended contract. Spot track. That's where you need to go, bud. Spot track. Arbitration for 2023 and 2024. So he's under team control until 2024. And Jake is fired. So, Matt, I mean, if you want to start going live more often, um, all we need is a bunch of funding so that I can quit my job and, and do this full time and we can do shows every day. That would be That would be the goal. That would really be the goal is to be able to do this every day. Um, and not just twice a week, which is what we're going to be doing starting with this Packers season. But um, to answer your question, we have Holby Miller until 2024. So is there anything else from today's game besides Holby Milner having a big old set of nuts, Rowdy Tellez being clutch in the bottom of the ninth, um, and Keston Hero playing good defense at first base? No. Gotta love Rowdy Telez though. I think he's gonna end up being a brewer for a long time. Just my prediction. All right. So let's go to let's go to the power pair. There were kind of a lot of options here. Um it's up to you if you want to start with position players or pitchers, but I'll let you go first. Uh, I was doing my pitcher because I it wasn't very creative. Uh, I went with Corbin Burns. I felt like he was He's just always the safe pick, I guess. But he's always good. So it's never a wrong answer to say. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say you right? can't go Just wrong like when we do Packers and we pick our three stars of the game. It's never a wrong answer. Um, six innings pitched, two hits, 
one earned run, two walks, and nine Ks. I mean, that's a hell of an outing. Rowdy has yeah, Tim had a good point, too. Rowdy made a heads-up play in the 10th inning. Devin Williams got that ground ball right to Rowdy. He did not hesitate. He threw that ball straight to third base, and they got the tag out. Um, and then Caratini, too, in the bottom of that inning, um, or the, the top of that inning, to to get the the guy that grounded out to be caught stealing at second base. So that was really, really good defense in the top of the 10th inning by the Brewers. Um, that That's a way you can mitigate having some struggling relief pitching is to just play some insanely good defense and not let the runners go anywhere. Um, so I went with Eric Lauer for my pitcher. Um, he's getting back on track from his, he had a couple short starts in like late June, early July, but um, seven innings, six hits, three walks. I'd like to see those walks get down a little bit. The four strikeouts, only one earned run. I picked Eric Lauer just because he's been so reliable this season amid all of the injuries the Brewers have had. So Woodruff spent time on the injured list. Hauser is still on the injured list. He's been rehabbing. Um, Freddie Peralta was on the injured list for two, like almost two full months and a half, a little less than two and a half. Um, and Aaron Ashby started the season in the bullpen and then worked into the starting rotation. So aside from Corbin Burns, who is Cy Young winner and probably a Cy Young top two candidate right now. Eric Lauer has been the next most reliable starter for the Brewers this season. And he's done some, some really good stuff. He's had some really, really good games this season. Um, so it's just, it's giving Eric Lauer credit for being so reliable this season. Uh, I did almost go with Brad Boxberger just because he's worked out of some crazy jams. And you could say the same for Obi Milner. Those two both get gold stars as well. Um, give me your position player. I'll do my position player. Yeah. Um, I got Colt Wong again. Um, I know he didn't have the greatest batting average this week. He only hit 250. He was 5 of 20. He had four RBIs, one run, and two walks. But he's still producing. He's doing exactly what we need him to do. And he's getting back to playing that level of defense that the Brewers expected him to play. He was a little disappointing early in the year. I said kind of the same thing last week. But really been impressed how he was able to just flip it, go one, 180 degrees and really just – look like the player that the Brewers signed last year. And if he keeps it up, we're going to we're gonna retake the lead on his old team, and I'm sure he'd love that. It'd be great to retake that lead head-to-head from them. Um, oh, like Matt house. said earlier, yeah, said, said go Rockies earlier. Um, if the Brewers won today, which they did, and the Cardinals lose, they'd be back even. So the Brewers picked up a game yesterday with the Cardinals just getting dominated by the Rockies yesterday. So the Brewers could pick up another game today by winning if the Cardinals lose to the Rockies. Um, I also went with Colton Wong. Uh, we tweeted out the other day that the Brewers, it felt like Colton Wong was getting his mojo back. Um, he's playing some really good defense. There was one where Luis Urias was sliding towards first base. The ball got under his glove, but Colton Wong was right behind him and made a Derek Jeter jump throw. That's that's the kind of defense we've seen from Colton Wong, and he should have won a damn gold glove last year. I will not let that go. Uh, Colton Wong should have had a gold glove last year. That being said, 
uh, with Colton Wong since the All Star break. He is near. Actually, I think he's tied for the major league lead in OPS since the break. But I pulled his triple slash since the All Star break. Colton Wong is batting 389. His on base percentage is 452, and he's slugging 630. That a baby. That's That'll nuts. <laughs> that is that is nuts. That is major stabilization from Colton Wong, who had a bit of a rough first half of the season. Um, with Colton Wong playing really well, Keston Hira starting to play well. Uh, Mike Brasso has been very underrated for the Brewers this season. Rowdy Telez obviously hit a home run today. Tyrone Taylor playing some good defense and driving in some runs. You see where I've been coming from like the last three weeks where I'm saying the Brewers can produce good offense. It just comes down to the execution of it. Yes. That's why, like I said, you know, when the Brewers didn't trade for a bat, there's still opportunity for the offense to succeed. One of those things that I mentioned was using the opposite field. The Brewers have been doing really well with that. Christian Yelich usually tries to take advantage of it when he can. Um, Willie Adamas has some right center field power, but Colton Wong, it seems like, has been the guy that's been using the opposite field the most uh, in the, since the All-Star break. So um, Colton Wong was a, was a good pick for the, the position power player. Looking at what's next for the Brewers. So the Brewers are off tomorrow. Then, then the season. The season hangs on the following four series or so. So that's what it's going to come down to. Starting Friday, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday in St. Louis. Um, it's going to be Eric Lower on Friday, Corbin Burns on Sunday. I'm sorry for skipping, and then Aaron Ashby on Saturday. So Lower, Ashby, and Burns on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then after that, the Brewers come home and they start a four-game series Monday through Thursday against the Dodgers. So if the Brewers can make up some ground. In that St. Louis series, and find a way to to get some games done against the Dodgers. You know, we're looking at a much different Brewer team a week from now than we did in the last week. I don't know how you're feeling about uh, about the yeah, upcoming 100%. schedule. <laughs> well, clearly, massive, massive games against the Cardinals. We are six and six. The Brewers and Cardinals. They have yeah, literally we literally can't be any closer than we are right now. So six and six on the season series. We're only down a game. I believe it's probably down to a half game now after our win. Yep. But yep. it's this is as close as it gets at this point in the season. And my out, outlook on this, uh, with the optimism and pessimism, is just feel blessed to be in this position to be competing against the best team in this division. Uh, over the last 20 years. The most consistent team in this division has been the Cardinals. They are the Green Bay Packers Easily. of that division. That's and, you know, they, they always win. They always have players. They always produce. They're always well-coached. That is how people, rival fans, think of the Packers. So I feel blessed to be in this position. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like we have an opportunity to really take this season by the nuts and really be like, all right, it's time to be a man. It's time to step up. This is what you play for, right? You know, when you're a little kid and you're you're, you're – you're like, oh, the Brewers and, and Cardinals tied at, at the season series. You know, like this is the moments that you live for. So yeah. I look forward to it. This is an opportunity. We've talked about sh- iron sharpens iron. This is that 
iron sharp and iron moment right here, right now. You got the Cardinals and the Dodgers. It's time to put up or shut up. Yeah, and it doesn't – it gets a little easier, but you don't want to look past teams because there's other games coming up on your schedule. Right. So, actually, we had Tyler comment earlier. He said, go Cubs, go. After the Brewers' four-game series against the Dodgers, they play three at Chicago against the Cubs. Then they play three at the Dodgers. So the Brewers have seven games coming up against the Dodgers in the next two weeks. And then they come home for three against the Cubs and three against Pittsburgh. Now, after that, you get into the beginning of September, and they play Arizona, Colorado, San Francisco, Cincinnati, um, two against the Cardinals. And then they get both New York teams in Milwaukee. And then a four-game series against the Reds, two more against the Cardinals, and two against the Marlins. So the Brewers actually have, outside of the next two weeks, a pretty favorable schedule for the rest of the season. If the Brewers can come out of, let's let's look at, let's look strictly at the Cardinals, Cardinals, Dodgers, Cubs, Dodgers. So that's six, ten, that's thirteen games. If the Brewers can find a way to win, say eight of those games, I feel great about where they are looking for the rest of the season. Has to be two against the Cardinals, though. Two of those eight has to be against St. Louis. I mean, I mean, if we're looking at 13 games, three of them against the Cardinals, seven against the Dodgers. How about nine? Whatever. I'm not even going to go there. I would just love to beat the Dodgers all seven times <laughs> just because I, I have no respect for the franchise. <coughs> but. And like I said, if after we come out of this series with the Cardinals, Dodgers, Cubs, Dodgers, after those games, the Brewers actually have a pretty favorable schedule with a lot of um, you know, the two bottom teams in the NL West, actually the three bottom teams in the NL West, two against the Marlins, a bunch against the Reds, and a handful against the Pirates. I mean, if the Brewers just take care of business and just win those series, like they don't even have to get sweeps if they just win those series – I feel like the Brewers are in really good shape. So these next two weeks, we're going to echo what we've always been saying is don't ride too high and don't ride too low. If the Brewers sweep the Cardinals, we're not automatically going to the World Series. The Brewers could rip off 13 in a row. If the Brewers win 13 in a row, I don't give a shit. If the Brewers sweep the Cardinals, sweep the Dodgers, go to Chicago and sweep the Cubs, go to L.A. and sweep the Dodgers again for 13 straight wins, the Brewers are still not automatically winning the World Series. Now, that said, let's say hypothetically the Brewers lose 13 games in a row. That is also not necessarily the end of the season because they could just win the following 13 after that and be right back in the same position with the Cardinals. So that's like I said, you don't need to go too high or too low. Uh, Matt's Matt said fifty-two and zero, so I guess we're riding with that. Um, fifty-two and zero, or we fire David Stearns. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, these next thirteen games are really going to be the the litmus test for the for the rest of the season and what the Brewers could potentially do should they make the postseason. Um, I'm not looking at the wild card at all. I'm really just looking at the Brewers to win the division and to not have to, you know, screw around with wild card. 
because it happened in 2019 and they ended up losing to the World Series champions. Um, you know, Matt, if we if the Cardinals win tonight and and win the series against the Brewers this weekend, we might as well just clean house uh, after the end of the weekend, you know, because that's what happens when the Brewers lose a series is it's time to fire everybody. If you go in the Facebook group, that's what everybody will want you to do. God, it's it's bad, dude. It's so bad being in, in the Facebook groups. Like, it's tough because I need to be in them because we need to interact with fans and, you know, see what fans are talking about. And we want to share our show to spread it, to grow it. But it's, oh, my God, it's so rough being in some of these groups sometimes. It's worse than being in some of the football trash talk groups. Oh, man, it's... It's a product of the the Skip Bayless television generation on Facebook. So you take the the keyboard warriorness of social media, and then you throw Skip Bayless in that, and you blend it up, and that's what you get on, on sports groups on social media. It's it's rough in some of those groups. But that's what that's what I expect pizza with pineapple tastes like. Ugh, that's gross too. Yeah. All right. Well, during that four-game series against the Dodgers, likely going to be uh, Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff. I'm not sure if Adrian Hauser is going to be back for that series yet. Um, it sounds like they're going to take him a little bit slower um, than they did with Freddie Peralta's <clears throat> Freddie Peralta's rehab. He only made two rehab starts, and then he was up. Um, still looking at Nick Cousins and Justin Topa. Those two have both been making rehab starts in Nashville. Um, I'm so impatient for Nick Cousins. Like, I don't want to rush him back because I don't want him to get hurt. But, like, I'm ready for Nick Cousins to be back in a Brewers uniform. I'm, oh, I'm so excited. I just, I'm just ready to have him back in a Brewers uniform. He would definitely be a boost. I'll tell you that much. And I'm pretty sure it's Jake Cousins. I think I said Nick again. I got to stop doing that. You did. I was let it go. <laughs> I, oh, man. But I'm, I just want him back on the Brewers. Yep, Matt said, yep, Matt reminded me that it's Jake Cousins. That's what I get for being a Predators fan, as I get too many Cousins. Thank God I'm not a Vikings fan. That would be awful. Well, yeah, you would have to experience losing all the time. Oh, my God, dude. It was bad enough that I had to experience a Vikings fan today. Tell me that the Vikings have a top-to-bottom better roster than the Packers. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what too much television does to you, kids. Oh man. Top to bottom, he said. Week one can't get your best out. Oh man, you might as well just wear a gigantic sign around your neck with you know that's the size of a flavor flav clock that says don't respect my opinion ever again. <laughs> that's that's how I feel when people say dumb shit like that. You're literally just saying whatever yeah. you're saying, but underneath it, the, the subtext says, don't ever respect me. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so bad that people say dumb shit like that and, and actually believe it. I don't even know if they believe it, but, you know, it's... Social media, so you can only 
tell as far as what people say. You can't tell tone. That's and the best you part can is watch us. Like, it's a trash talk tone. group. It's a trash talk group. Ah, shut up. So you never want to have any actual discussion. And the thing is, once you start doing that, that trolling or trash talk or whatever you want to call it, once you start doing that, there's no stopping it. You will forever be known as a troll trash talker. Yeah. So that's that's the same where I get into, like I said, with the, the pessimistic thing. You know, if and it, and it can change, and we hope to be able to help people change this, but if you, in a short period of time, go from the this team isn't going anywhere person to the I told you they could do it person after a losing streak to after a winning streak, like people see that and they know you're full of shit. So that's why we say, like, don't ride too high, don't ride too low. Ride in that middle, be consistent, be excited when they're doing well, but until they're holding the trophy, they're not World Series champions. Same as until they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, they're not done. They're not done until they're actually eliminated. And they haven't won it until they're holding the trophy. True that. True that, buddy. All right, man. Do you have anything else as far as the Brewers are concerned? No, I do not. Okay, so I'm going to throw this out there because we have a bonus episode coming up, not this Friday, but the following Friday. Um, Jake and I are going to be covering basics of the game. So we're going to be doing – it's going to be mostly football and basketball. Like Jake and I have tried to come up with with some baseball basics, but Jake made a really good point that so much of baseball is situational, that there's not, you know, certain things that are set for that. Um, We did also explain some of the – the, the metric stats that are used in baseball. But um, <clears throat> if anybody watching right now has any, you know, phrases that they hear during football, basketball, baseball games that they don't understand what they are, or whether you hear, you know, like we're going to talk about zone defense in the NFL. Um, we're going to talk about some of the personnel grouping names um, offensively and defensively. We're going to talk about the pick and roll and basketball. If there's any basics of football, basketball, baseball that you don't understand that you would like to have explained, uh, let us know. And we're going to cover those on August 19th. Um, Following that is going to be August 26th. That is the day after the last Packers preseason game. Uh, We're going to be doing that. It'll be a Friday night. Uh, We're going to have Simon Bryant with us for that. We're going to be doing stat predictions, NFC North record predictions, um, the Wisco Disco. So we're going to talk about the last guys to make the 53 man roster. Um, the Wisco ball gave us the Wisco ball guy gave us the idea for that, um, to call it the Wisco Disco, but, um, <laughs> doing a, a preseason recap. I'm looking at the, the sheet for everything we're doing that day. Roster bubble record prediction. Yeah. And then after that, we have the Wisco fanatics fantasy football draft coming up the following week. And Badger football will be starting, which I should I should mention that as well. Um, that will be August well, August 24th. will be the last Wednesday in August. Nope, 31st. 31st will be the last Wednesday yep, in August. 31st. Um, that will be our Wisconsin Badgers football primer. So that's coming up too. Um, 
And then you'll be joining us for that. Yes, he will. Our Badger, our Badger buddy will be joining us with that one. And then starting September 9th, every single Friday, we'll have a Green Bay Packers show uh, until the season's over. So we're looking forward to doing that to giving to giving the Packers their their own designated show. Um, the Braylon Allen demolition season is certainly coming. Him and Chesma Lucy are both on the, um, I think it's the Doak Walker watch list. I think that's mm-hmm. the, the running back award. Um, both of them are on the, the watch list for that. Um, so, you know, Matt, we don't have every single day shows, but Bro, we are going to have. Lucy looks freaking stacked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does. So does Braylon Allen, but, you know. Um, like I said, man, we don't have. Came out of the like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't have everyday shows, but um, basically from now until February, we're gonna have twice a week shows. So we got that going for us. Um, hopefully, it's a good season for the Packers, and we're talking about the Packers until early February, and they're still playing. Um, but uh, that's what we got. So, do you have anything else you want to throw out there? Uh, no, I got nothing else. Uh, I am, uh, I'm starting to do my Badgers research right now. Starting to watch a lot of the interviews because Mikey keeps sending us stuff. So yeah, I'm getting a little hyped up, man. I always love the Badger defense and obviously we just run the ball right down people's throats. So don't Nick ever Herbig throw the ball. Season coming. More more. <laughs> I, no, they got to throw the ball this year. bounce back season, to be honest yeah. with you, man. They got to throw I the ball this year. It's going to be nice this year. Marcus Allen. And Kim Ray DK. That guy is physical as hell. He could be a difference maker. He he's a Big Ten wide receiver. I don't know if he's an NFL wide receiver, but he's definitely a Big Ten wide receiver. He can handle the physicality in this in this conference. You you're a Marcus Allen player. guy. I'm a I'm a Kim Ray DK guy. Um, they both will probably be very involved in the offense. Um, oh, yeah. Probably going to be like only two names you hear regularly as far as wide receivers are concerned. I'm interested to see who comes up at tight end. Um, Clay Cundiff got hurt last season. We never really knew what his knee injury was. Um, he was taken off in an ambulance, which was scary, but um, no idea if he's going to be ready or not, or if he's even coming back. I haven't really um, read much about him yet, but the Badgers always seem to have good tight ends, just like they always seem to have good offensive linemen. So it'll be interesting to see who comes up at tight end. But, um, yeah, that'll be coming up. Got a lot going on. A lot of shows going on. So Danny Davis is probably going to make the practice squad for the Packers. I think David as well. All right, man. You got anything else? Uh, no, man. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Uh, yeah. I will see you on Friday night as well. Yes, you will. I'll see you then. Peace out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.